Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are going a bit deeper with strategy deployment and discussing the use of balanced scorecards. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. So Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les. How are you? I thought you were going to jump in and cut me no, off. <laughs> because I think we were talking over each other last week, and it started right off the bat, so... <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> so how's things going in California? Oh, much, much nicer weather-wise, that's for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, weather's good here, too, so that's always nice. <laughs> hey, hopefully we don't sound like we're too, you know, old fogies. Like, first thing we talk about is the weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's easy. It is easy. And, and well, I think, <laughs> let's take it from this this viewpoint weather is key on getting outside i was gonna say whether you know like we talked about was it last week or week last before week, yeah uh yeah weather's important to to both of us because we both like to ride bikes right. so uh, last weekend i got out twice friday saturday the weather turned south on sunday and i didn't get to ride on sunday so but my new bike awesome yeah toys are fun toys are fun my new bike is awesome so that's my pick this week. I know we haven't been doing picks, but my my specialized fuse with my fatty tires are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I looked back across our uh, our our podcast from the past, and and we've actually covered this topic a little bit, but we thought we'd go into a little bit more detail, um, and that is on uh, strategic planning. So we had a general overview of strategic planning, but now we want to kind of dive into some of the specific couple of the specific frameworks that's used uh, for strategy planning and today we're going to talk about balance scorecard balance scorecard exactly so a little quiz here so who were the inventors of balance scorecard oh man i didn't study that part <laughs> norton and kaplan okay two good guys yeah, Nor- yeah norton and kaplan assuming they're guys i don't know yeah, I, I always just know their last name, so um, I, you know I don't know if they're guys or not, but uh, uh, but they are the ones that uh, actually developed the process and the program back in the early '90s, I believe it was, and um, it's gone through some iterations, some changes, some improvements, um, but uh, it's kind of the first program that kind of started to add some structure to strategy planning. Um, I think before that, if I had to guess, just and I'm guessing only due to the fact that I've never, I was never involved in one back in the '80s or earlier. <laughs> I would, I would imagine it was strategy planning was more dictatorship. Yeah, planning, you know, make sales. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make more money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and do what it takes to to keep the business afloat. So it really didn't. Um, uh, give any teeth to having something that's a little bit more structured. Mm-hmm. So as far as why you'd want to have some sort of uh, framework in place, let's talk about that first. Um, again, flip side of that would be that you have no strategy planning. So if you're going to put some strategy planning, this is one of the tools to, to look at. So uh, as far as where we should start on this topic, I would say, uh, 
let's kind of talk about the the basic framework first. Right. The air, the areas that are categorizing the four columns of, mm-hmm. of this strategy tool. Um, and, and I like I like this as a framework because it makes you think about at least four of the major aspects of, of a business. And, and these four should right. cover should cover the, the key parts of running a business. They're you know the financial side of it, the yep. the internal business processes, which is what we talk all about here. Um, learning and growth, so that's your people. You know, we talk about people right. being part of uh, a big part of your organization. Well, it's a good part, it's a strategic goal to have that as as a focus point. And then the customer, of course, you're not going to have a business if you don't have your customers. So, so those four areas really do cover basically the entire business spectrum. So, so that's one of the nice things about this particular process is the fact that. Um, it, it keeps you focused and it, it lays out these four items you just mentioned that cover pretty much everything there is to a business. Now, of course, underneath these, there's a lot of detail. Right. I mean, you know, business the processes detailing. might have yeah. legal and, and contract parts, uh, yeah. learning and growth. That's the, that's the HR side. So what kind of training? Yeah, that's the training and you know, development and employees path, right. uh, customer side, uh, what's important to the customer and stakeholders, right. you mm-hmm. know, so trying to develop those. So items. your sales area, your sales kind of falls, you know, under, under customer and your marketing kind of falls under customer and, and keeping the customer happy and informed. Um, it also does fall under finance somewhat. The results of your sales and marketing efforts fall under finance. So one of the nice things about this tool is that uh, there's a lot of templates that you can find um, out on the Internet, Mm -hmm. of course, that takes these four components and lays them out into four quadrants, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And it's a good visual tool as to taking these four general areas and laying out what, as a group, as a team, do you want to focus on in each of those four areas to, and here's the reason we talked about mission, vision, and core values last week or week before, week before last, how, how do you want to take these four items to achieve your vision? Mm-hmm. So that's really how you should ask the question. What can I do financially to achieve my vision? What can I do for my customers to achieve my vision? so on and so forth. And so that helps you keep that top part of the alignment. So you're starting to build an alignment. Vision's at the top there. That's what you're trying to get to. So focus these four areas around achieving achieving your vision. So after, you, after you've uh, defined these four areas, and of course these four areas, you then break it down into what's important to you. So like financial, you can focus on Things like what? Cash flow, sales growth. Mm-hmm. What else? Operating income. Yeah, return on investment. All of the all of the financial return on investment. Right, all the financial um, metrics that that, especially if you're a publicly traded company, they're going to be calculated and and reported on, you know, by the market by analysts anyway. So those are the things that that you know you you need to you need to understand. You need to see 
not not for the for the magnitude of the numbers, but for the direction of the numbers, especially right. the strategy. I mean, needless to say, the magnitude is very important. I mean, you need cash flow in order to pay your suppliers and pay your employees, but right. but knowing knowing that cash flow is either growing or shrinking is a is an indicator as to how you're managing through your through to your strategy. So some examples on the customer one would be, and I'm, I'm going through some examples here just to kind of give people an idea of what they could put under each one. Uh, under the customer could be something like um, uh, percent of sales from new products, on-time delivery is a to good me, that's, one. That's a very important one, on-time delivery. On-time delivery is a big you're one. You have a happy customer if you're late all the time. Right. Um, for internal business processes, you can do things like cycle time, uh, unit cost, uh, new product introduction per year, you know, things like that. depends on what type of business you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- you know, learning and growth can be, we mentioned a few of those, uh, training, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know down, downstream the, uh, of training is, uh, is employee turnover. Keeping, I was just getting ready to say turnover. Yeah, yeah. Because I, if you're training employees and they're leaving, I mean, that's an indication that something is wrong. Um, yep. if, you, if you're if you not training your employees and they're leaving, that's an indication that something is wrong. So so I, I think turnover is a pretty good metric on understanding how how the internal functionality of your, your team is, its health in supporting your strategy and mission and vision. So imagine yourself sitting in a room of top leadership people. You've got these four areas laid out. Uh, You've gone through and you've picked the items that you think are key to your success on meeting your vision. So, uh, and and I'm I'm bringing it up this way because um, there is a line in the sand that has to happen to make this successful. And that is... Once you get those staked down, then it's time to set a goal. But at that point, you really want your leadership team to be able to walk away and say, yeah, we're all going to focus on that. We're all agreeing to where we're going in these four areas. Because once you set your goal, so you're going to come up with a goal. So that's your baseline. And now there's lots of ways to come up with a baseline, but you've got to figure out how to set a baseline. So here, here's a what question. Were you say? Yeah, here's a question for you. Sure. So, you say it's a relatively new company, and they 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 need to have some kind of framework. Or it's an old company, and they don't have a framework, and they're trying to put something in, and they're listening to this and they're saying, "Balance scorecard might be a good idea." Yeah. Do you set a goal before you understand where you're performing now, or do you monitor first? Well, so I, I think I think the answer is yes and potentially yes. So and here's the reason I say that. The reason I say that is because it really depends on how you want to be as an organization when you go to roll this out. Because remember, ultimately what you're going to be doing with this is rolling it out to the whole organization so that you've got that top-down, then bottom-up activity. You know, any of these frameworks is going to want top-down delivery, bottom-up you know, actions. You know, so um, I think one, if you feel comfortable in setting your own goal, I think that's fine. I think possibly the better way to do it would be to benchmark yourself Mm -hmm. and understand your vision. I think if you benchmark yourself, but keep in mind, benchmarking can also be against another company. Again, you're trying to stay in business. 
So what's your competitors doing? If they're if their, let's say, on-time delivery is currently sitting at 95% and you're comparing apples to apples, then you better be setting your goal at 95% or better because then what's the point? Yeah, you know, I, I agree. And I if, you're, that, if your goal is 80% and they're doing 95 huh? <laughs> right. And that's why <laughs> well, it makes you think you're going to be in business for very long, right? right. And, and that's why I laughed when you said yes and yes because I, 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 I'm, I'm always one that wants to know where I'm starting in order to have a reasonable plan at getting to that next stage. If you, yes. don't, if you don't have enough information as to where you're starting, you know, saying saying you want ninety five percent on time delivery, and you're really at twenty three percent. Yeah, you know that's that's a a gap that is hard to cross in one shot. You know, and and even and when I say one shot, I mean, I mean, hey, what do we need to do to get to ninety five percent? All right, well, really, what do you need to do to get to fifty percent? Right. And how fast can you and get I, there? Right, and I don't think there's anything wrong with stair stepping. Yeah. So I, because the flip side of that is if you don't stair step something where you need to make some mammoth leaps, you're going to, uh, disenchant your employees. They're going to go, what the hell? I can't go from 30% to 95% in, you know, six months. It's just unrealistic. The thing is, if, if it could be done, why isn't it being done? There's, there's got to be a force from outside to increase your percentage of on-time delivery because, right. because people are not just sitting around with a due date passing by and realizing, eh, it's going to be late and I don't care. If that's the case, then, then you've got other work that has to happen first. So I definitely think there needs to be some... Um well thought out process to setting your goals. Don't reach out and grab a number out of the air because that's just what you want. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, In fact, we had that discussion with our on-time delivery that while it'd be nice to be 95%, um, we're a custom manufacturing environment and right off the bat trying to reach 95% when you're something less than that. I won't tell you what our number is right now, but <laughs> um, it, 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 you're right. It's, it's not a very good result, but at the flip side of that, or at the same time, you can be setting a goal with milestones. That's another idea that you could use and realistic time frames. So it could, you could have a, a five-year goal out there that says we're going to get to this point, but our first goal for year one is to do this second year two, because here's the thing. If you're not putting tactical activities in place to change it, it's not going to just change by itself. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just going to sit there. I know this is a different conversation, but in my perfect world, you know, listening to you say, Hey, we're custom shop and being on time, you know, 95% is very difficult. I think the other side of it is, and maybe we should talk about you know, project management and how how good can you manage the schedule that you understand the scope to be part of, right? right. So, so you can you can do it as long as there's no changes or no delays from 
outside forces. Now, you, you know, sometimes an you're right. You you do have that perfect world in your mind. Outside forces, really? I, I know, and I know there are outside forces, but but you know, you, you have to you have to be realistic as to where you are too. You can't say that you're zero percent on time if if you think that you've got a standard fabrication cycle of six weeks and you never make right. six weeks because the the customer makes changes. Okay. So then, so then your standard cycle isn't six weeks. Right. All right. Anyway, that's, so that's the details so, that yeah. you lost. In the, so here's, here. so here's the key to this. So, so leadership goes through and they, they set the goals. Mm -hmm. So then after they've defined what they're going to tackle in these four areas, they've set their goals for these four areas. What's next? They're going to they're going to roll this out throughout the organization and they're going to roll it out at the management level because the management level is then going to turn around and turn those goals into tactical activities. So what are we what are you going to do as a team to then address, let's say, on time delivery is your is your uh, one of your items and you need to go from 60 percent to 80 percent. Well, you've got to sit down and start coming up with some tactical activities. I know that our estimating process is unrealistic. I know that our sales guys are not handing out realistic dates. I know that our production time can be shrunk in these areas. I know our engineering. So anyways, you're brainstorming all the different process activities that you need to then go and tackle to then see if you can reach that day. Yeah, that management level is where yeah, the tactical application happens uh you know you went you went you went to um on time delivery and, and i'll go to you know the people side of it um the learning okay. and growth employee side of the balance core part so right there with the manager at the manager's level that person understands where the deficiencies are in training where the deficiencies are in in um pay if that's if that's yeah. if that's the case um and i will i'll go down and i'll say right now you read, you read in, in many sources that, that pay isn't really what motivates people, and it's not, but it is an, it's a hindrance if people either know or think that they are being paid less than what their value is. So understanding the value of that person has got to be the, the baseline when it comes to pay and employee morale and motivation and just getting work done. So, you know, I don't want to go there, and, and, and really pay is not a strategic part of the balanced scorecard per se, but it could be well, but it's a component of making sure that your employees are all in with what they have to do to support the goal. Yeah. yeah. So, so I will say to add on to the management level, that's also where this potential process tends to break down. So without a good handoff, from leadership down to that next level of of managers, um, this this process has the tendency to just kind of stop right there, so to speak, kind of break down. Because one, it either doesn't align with what the manager is trying to do, or it doesn't uh, coincide with the activities that they're trying to build. And a lot of times, without good handoff uh, discussion and guidance and accountability, it tends to break right That's there. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Accountability and expectations because you can't, uh -huh. you can't just pass it off to the, 
to the management level and then think it's going to run on autopilot. Now, one of the things that I think that the balanced scorecard has a tendency to overlook as part of the process is that it would be good for the leadership team as they are brainstorming this to get feedback from their management level people as they're deciding this so that they're not going potentially 180 degrees away from, let's say, possible reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is, I would think it's a good idea to, as you're going through this process, to get some feedback and say, here's some of the things we're looking at. What do you think about this? Uh, or what are your ideas? And then leadership goes and does their thing and then hands down the process. Because then you've kind of gotten somewhat of a clear picture as opposed to going into it totally naively, I guess. Yeah. Is, that, is that the right and, word? And I like the idea of making sure that you know, if you're part of the leadership team, then you've got the pulse of the organization. You right. Know, I, believe me, I, you hope. Well, I, <laughs> you should, and that's what we've been yes, talking you about. Should. You know, managing, managing on your feet, not from your seat. You know, right, you know, right. So, um, getting out there and understanding what all is going on, but without a doubt, getting the buy-in from where we said was a critical part of the tactical aspect of this, the, the, the management team. Um, getting that feedback while you're building the structure, I think will go a long way to making sure that you're successful. So I think the other part of this is as you've ha- as you hand this down uh, and as you start to, um, as you start the process off and it's, it's developing, the managers are implementing tactical activities. It's really good for the leadership to stay engaged through the whole process mm-hmm. to measure how well it's actually going and how well it's being, uh, you know, disseminated and delivered and used because it, at, at some sort of cycle of this, you're going to want to understand your success. So be, because what's going to happen, this is a cyclical process that, in my opinion, should be done yearly. What do you think? Should it be done every three years or yearly? Or well, you're, you're sh- I guess it depends on what you're, what you're doing right. or what you're trying to su- achieve. How old, how old your, your, your company is or how, how right. old you are in the direction that you're going yeah. based on your strategy. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, there's got to be at least a review yeah. Frequently on, on KPIs, but then on the general strategic direction, I would say. Accurate. Right. Yeah, because you, you want to figure out a success because at some point you're going to cycle back around. Leadership is actually going to reevaluate their four areas and decide whether that, that potential activity needs to be moved off and a new one put in. Or if they have to keep that one on there because it needs still more work. Yeah, think of it as a course correction. So that's kind of the, the, the yeah, kind of the circle mm-hmm. that this whole process goes mm-hmm. through. Um, and, and transparency and delivery is another key aspect to this because you want everybody from the front line all the way from from top to the front line to understand what's going on. Because here's what I was going to say a minute ago is the fact that you really want to try to avoid managers having their own strategic activities going on at the same time or instead of. So because if that's happening, that's just tearing it down and 
you're going to get to the end of it and nothing's going to be well, going that on. That goes to the fundamental concept of you get what you measure and you get what you pay. Mm-hmm. So, right. so you, you have to understand that as a leadership team that if you are measuring somebody on one thing and then expecting them to do something else, then you're going to be lost. Right. And, and, and quite honestly, that's a, that's a two-sided activity, whether the manager is actually picking something different uh, to do or when um, uh, leadership then comes back around and gives different expectations other than what they've delivered out. That's another important thing that needs to um, uh, yeah, be clear and make yeah. sure that you're paying attention exactly. to. You know, so you don't want to get uh, a, a message you know, that, you know, three months ago, leadership said, do this. And all of a sudden now my boss is telling me to do this. Uh, then that really tears this process yeah. down because now they stand there and they go, leadership doesn't know what the hell they're doing. They, they told me this and now they're telling me that, you know, <laughs> that so, never happens. Uh, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that never happens. <laughs> did you want me to, did you want me to give you examples one by one by one by one? I have enough fingers on both hands. <laughs> no, that, that is true. Hey, what were you going to say? One of the things that I wanted to bring up too is we've got, we've got four factors of a balanced scorecard, right? And, and it's a good idea. The number of initiatives that could come out of each of those factors. I mean, you, you know, four times one, two, three, four things, 16, 16 things people are paying attention to. Right. I just wanted to caution that it doesn't have to be that big and that complicated. It's not really a matrix of, of every group has, has four subcomponents of the four factors. So, you know, every subgroup doesn't have 16 things to do. Now, individually, you know, there might be some training that you have to do. Individually, there's some process right. improvement that has to happen. Um, right. There's customer contacts that have to be made. You know, fi- the financial side of it, as we've said before, fi- the financial side of it is really the the output metric. It's not the leading indicator. It's the lagging indicator. Right. Okay, so from that, you should be looking at, at things that are the leading indicators to provide the financial output that you're looking for. So that's that's a specific group in you know managers and accounting and finance people. Um, you know the, the the shop floor worker, the engineer, the the lawyer in the office. You know if we can try to not keep this as an engineering product. You know he's the lawyer in the office is is managing his time, how many new clients he has, how many hours he's spending per client. You know all all those metrics can still be done uh, with. Admin type, you know, lawyer, lawyers, or or uh, not necessarily engineers producing drawings or shop people producing actual product. So that that's one thing that you do have to understand: how much of a burden is each individual supposed to undertake while they get their job done to support these initiatives? Now, these initiatives should support right. the job that they're doing. It should all flow, but unless you think about how they interact, the the process and the generation of the product, you could be you could be causing confusion. Yeah. Get out get out get out fifty units by the end of the week, but also go to four days worth of training. <laughs> that might not work, you know? Right. 
So, so you have to be, you have to truly understand uh, what it is you're trying to gain and make sure that, you know, one of our other past um, uh, frameworks that we worked within was the, uh, what's called the 40X program. One of the points that it makes inside of it is if somebody has 10 goals, how many of those goals do you think are getting done well? Probably zero. If somebody has one or two goals, their ability to meet one or two goals is very high. You know, so, you know, that's I think that's just a general philosophy that you need to keep in the back of your mind as you are developing these goals, as you are developing the matrix, uh, the metrics that you're wanting to try and and uh, accomplish or improve or work on. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something that communication top down, bottom up is going to help build. And I think next week when we talk about our next tool. In the yes. strategy, I was just getting ready to say the same thing. Yeah, up, uh, flow of of information results. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, see how that folds into you know a good strategy session, a good strategy program. Yeah. So next week's next week's topic is yeah, Hoshin Conroy. Hoshin Conroy. 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 Conry. My Japanese is yeah, old, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's native to Japanese process, but uh, the philosophy is, you know, a very sound philosophy and has has some of the same frameworks, but we're going to talk about that next right. week. And, and the translation of Hoshin Conry is uh, policy deployment. Yes. Right? Which it is. Nobody typically, the word policy is kind of a, a, a burdensome term. Um, yes. So policy deployment. Okay, let's let's be a little liberal in our in our translation to the, to the nice sounding <laughs> Japanese flowing word. But we'll talk more yeah. about how that goes from the strategic level to the operational level. So I think if if you're a if you're a company, whether you're old or new, and you're looking for a simple semi framework that kind of adds a little bit of structure to what you're trying to develop as a team and then hand down to your organization to help them align what they're doing with what leadership wants, with what your vision is, I think the, I think the balance scorecard can potentially uh, be a good tool. There's some other uh, tools within the balance scorecard that can be looked at, like uh, strategy mapping and uh, strategic uh, linkage models. Um, gets a little deep as you get into those. If you're a large organization, you might need a strategy map because you might have to figure out how your overall vision uh, gets handed down to a particular uh, division of the company that is still rather large. So you know, if you know, strategy maps might be something that might help you with with a lot of that. But uh, overall, I mean, it's a it's a very good tool. It's a good framework. It's been around for a while. There's lots of books on it. So if anybody is interested in learning more, is there anything else on the topic you think we should touch on? I think, no, not on this one. Like I said a little earlier in my recap would be, I like, I like this because you've got the four quadrants of the majority mm-hmm. of the business that, that yeah, should, I, should, should be the conduit between what the strategy is and, and then how you operate. Right. 
Yeah. And I do like the, the visual aspect of mm-hmm. it. You know, anything that's visual, I always like that. But, uh, okay. Well, uh, we, we already made our picks for the week with bikes. That would probably be our pick of the week every week, right? If we talk about weather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm there to ride them. Okay. Well, Sean, uh, this was a good topic, and I hope everybody enjoys it. And we will be back with you all next week on man the topic of oh what hoshin conry okay i thought you were gonna say you know man and, business. and who's gonna and, and, well, i was gonna say and who's gonna be back We've, now you can say it man versus business man versus right, business <laughs> no no but that's okay we're just here to have fun i hope you enjoyed this episode of man versus business Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.